Hey guys, today we have a really special guest on our show, and it is Matt Song. Would you like to give us an introduction? Hey, yeah. Um, thanks so much for having me on. My name is Matt, and I debated for the Chinese World Schools team when I was in high school. During my time, I was the national champion in public forum and world schools, and I was captain of the world schools team for two years, during which time we won world schools. Uh, I'm really excited to be working with Dialogy. Currently, I'm on a leave of absence from Yale University, so I'm taking some time off to work on some independent projects and, of course, coaching and work at Dialogy. That's really cool. So today for our podcast, we're going to be mainly talking about how we're going to approach feedback and competitions and just during debate in general. So Claire, do you want to start us off with a question? Sure. Um, could you walk the kids through what a good kind of feedback looks like? So if you were to give feedback, typically, what is that structure like? Yeah. So I think that um, there are at least three different types of feedback that you can get in a given round. The first is general feedback about the round. So those would be, what does the judge think could have happened in this round that did not happen more generally? So for instance, if the judge realizes that there were not a lot of POIs offered, or if the judge realizes that neither team was especially comparative, or neither team provided a whole lot of details about their plans, then that might be a piece of general feedback that the judge gives at a broader level um, in terms of the participation in the debate generally. The second type of feedback that a team might receive is team-by-team -team feedback. So as a speaker, you are part of a team, whether in a British parliamentary debate or in a world schools debate, you and one or two other partners will be receiving that feedback on most generally your team's case and how it is set up. So usually this sounds a little bit like it's feedback just mostly to the first speaker, but often it's highly useful for the judge to be able to say to the team, well, the way that you constructed your case was not exactly the most strategic, or the way that your case was set up did not have clear impacts, or the way that you defended your case later down on the line was not entirely strategic either. So say, for instance, you have a case where um, the first speaker sets up very strong arguments, but the second speaker changes those arguments in a way that is unproductive to the case. That might be another example of team feedback. So you might have, you know, either sort of case feedback, argument feedback, or you might have something like team or, or strategy feedback in that case. The final type of feedback that you get is individual feedback. So that is, as a speaker, how did you do? Did you have specific things that you wanted to ask the judge about? Like, for example, your timing or how effective they thought a particular rebuttal was. Did the, judge thought, did the judge think that your individual contributions to the debate, like a particular piece of weighing or a particular part of your speech were effective? And did overall the judge think that you were strategic in contributing to the debate in a way that wasn't just as another person repeating your team's case, but one person driving it further? The reason that I say all this is to highlight that there's a whole lot of different feedback that you could get from just one person in a single room. In many cases in tournaments, you'll have more than one judge, or you'll have a judge and a coach, and you'll get all sorts of feedback. Um, I know as a coach, it's very difficult for me to sort of contain my feedback into sort of one or two bullet points. And that's even just for general, I want to say one or two things. Team, I want to say one or two things. Individualized, I want to say one or two things. As a result, kids are hearing a lot, um, so much that it's almost unproductive. So... The big thing that I would say for feedback is that any given speech, especially when a kid is younger, will have 
hundred things that you could do a little bit better. Um, but the question is which of those things you want to isolate because there is no way to take 100 things and do 100 things better in their next speech. What I find is most productive is for kids to stick to a particular train of feedback. Yes, to think about the other feedback that they receive and uh, integrate it and simmer, let it simmer, but to focus on one or two things at a time um, and say, look, these are the main things that I'm going to keep thinking about. Um, I struggle with my organization, and so I'm really going to focus on my organization in the next few debates, or I struggle with my rebuttal, and so I'm going to make sure that my rebuttal is super thorough and super clear in my next few debates. Um, if the student is able to narrow down and focus on just those few things, they're much more able to be productive than if they, say, have 10 pieces of feedback that they're trying to follow at once. Yeah, I think you totally have a really great point. I know from my own competitive experience, there has been situations where I was completely overwhelmed by just mass amounts of feedback and I didn't know what to do with it. So I think what you're saying in regards to just going by a train of feedback and hoping to improve by isolating certain pieces of feedback is definitely going to be quite helpful for the kids. I think that this can also lead us to a question of exactly how are we able to, um, I guess, allocate that feedback we find in competitions into training as well? Because I feel like it's a different arena where you're able to really experiment. So what do you think is going to be the most suitable form of feedback to utilize during training sessions? Yeah, for sure. So competitions are definitely different from training in that in a competition, you have the opportunity to almost right away try to implement feedback. So if in round two, a judge says to me, hey, you should try to organize your deputy speech by clashes rather than doing rebuttal and then arguments, then I can try to organize my next speech by clashes. And that's in one hour. The difference is in practice, you usually don't have another round for at least a few days. So I finish my practice with Coach David or Coach Wesley or another coach, um, and they give me a piece of feedback. I just have to think about that for a few days, really. And so what I would say is kind of the, the primary thing to keep in mind for these pieces of feedback is making sure that you're making the best use of that extra time that you have between rounds so that the feedback doesn't just sort of go stale um, or that you're not just like sitting on it until uh, you walk into the next class and you're like, oh, wait, what was the feedback from last time? You got to be capitalizing on it. So I think there are two sort of big things that I would suggest for students to do. The first is... When you get a piece of feedback, write it down, keep it somewhere. Um, I would suggest keeping your feedback in one place where you can kind of look at all of it at once, or at least having summaries of your feedback in one place. Um, and what you do with that is you say, well, specifically in the speech, what do I think I did well? What do I think I could have improved upon? And this might be informed by the feedback that you got from your coach. It might be similar. It might be different. But what are the things that I take away from this speech? And what could I do better? What are some solid steps that I could do in my next speech um, to improve? So that's the first component. The second component is you can launch directly off of that and give another speech, right? So you've just stepped out of that debate. You remember what happened, you know what the speech was like, and hopefully um, you've recorded it. Um, I highly recommend recording all of your speeches for this purpose. This gives you the opportunity to step back in a few hours or maybe a day and say, look, I want to improve upon that speech. I now have an idea of what I could have done. So let me try implementing that. What that does for you is it allows you to sort of practice um, in a slightly lower stakes environment and keep that uh, feedback cycle alive until your next lesson. 
So now you've done two things to sort of cement your feedback. You've firstly done a reflection on it. And secondly, you've done another speech. Yeah, on that idea of just having the debate recorded, I think that it's also really useful to make sure to also record like other people in competitions if like they give consent, obviously. But if they do give consent, it's really important to like, if you hear a specific speech that you really like the style of or you like, like the way that the case is set, recording that type of speech is extremely helpful in my personal experience because you're really able to learn from others that you admire and you're able to hopefully apply that to your own speeches in the future. I remember I actually watched one of your um, YouTube videos. I think it was against Team England. It was about like retribution and rehabilitation. And I learned a lot from that as well. So it's really helpful to also reference to other speakers in order to improve yourself. Um, Claire, do you have anything? I don't, yeah, I'd also just add on something you said earlier about the way that you write down feedback as a student. Um, I think something that's really tempting to do when you're getting judge feedback is to either just completely shut off and be like, the debate's done, I'm free for another hour or for another day, um, or to just write everything down like you would flow a speech. In terms of remembering feedback, I would definitely not recommend that. Um, you want to have some level of processing and like, receiving the feedback so not just saying like oh I understand that they said I need to talk slower you like categorizing it like Matt said where you have like things I did well versus things I can improve on um in different categories like that or like style content strategy like breaking it down into different categories and forcing yourself to sort every piece of feedback can be something that a it's easier to refer back to when you want to know for example what you should do um style-wise for your next speech if that's something you choose to focus on and just generally being able to remember it better because you sorted it into categories and had to process it um, to some level. Um, that's the other thing that I wanted to add on there. Um, I would also, I guess, on behalf of students ask, what are good specific things to ask for feedback on? So when a judge says, for example, are there any further questions? And you say, can I have individual feedback? What are some good things that you would suggest you ask for or um, ask the judge about your speech? Yeah. So. Um, this is a really great question. And I think it's really important. The first thing I'll say is something that you shouldn't do. Um, and I think that what you shouldn't do is try to um, revisit the result of the round in any way. I think that there's a temptation sometimes when you feel like, oh, maybe a judge didn't understand the argument in the way that I wanted them to, or I feel like I said this argument, um, but the judge didn't hear it. And they said they didn't hear it in their RFD or something like that. And so there's a temptation sometimes for students to ask, oh, hey, well, what about this argument? Or what about this thing I said? Um, and I think that that doesn't help. You know, like really it, the judge is not gonna change their decision at this point in time. And all this does is kind of make judges frustrated, make you frustrated, and um, it makes you come off as sort of a sore loser. And so I wouldn't recommend asking judges like, hey, what about this thing that I said? What I do recommend is, being genuinely curious about their feedback on specific arguments. Now, look, in most cases, judges at a tournament are going to be dealing with a lot. And their first priority is going to be, um, you know, managing their panel of other judges if they have one, or giving the correct call if they're thinking about one. And as a result, they often haven't thought through a ton of personal feedback. So when they give personal feedback, it may very well be helpful, especially if they're experienced, but it's especially important to ask specific things. So for instance, if you had an argument in prep that you weren't sure about, 
um, and you wanted to ask the judge's opinion on it. Or if you ran an argument and you weren't entirely sure about the execution, you might ask something like, hey, um, I was going to try this strategy in this debate. I was wondering if you had any advice about this type of weighing that I delivered, or if you had any advice about the way that I structured my speech this time, because that gives them the opportunity to look at a specific part of their notes or review their notes in a quick manner and then get back to you directly on that. So treat it asking the judge for advice, but the judge is someone who has just seen you speak, uh, who has just seen you speak. So you don't have to ask very generally. You can say, hey, look, within the context of this debate, I have this question um, and sort of move from there. Worst case, the judge doesn't have very strong thoughts. You can move on. But I do think that there's a lot of opportunity, especially with really strong and experienced judges to, to get some interesting feedback. Yeah, I think that's definitely very important that um, you ask the right questions and specific questions, especially for people that are starting out. Because I know that many times when you're beginning to debate and you're just getting into the hobby of debating, it's hard to navigate how you should improve without asking any specific questions that you have in mind in terms of like either the debate motion or just like you as a speaker in terms of your style, in terms of your case setting, in terms of the roles that you have fulfilled as a um, specific speaker position that you're in for that team. So it's definitely very important to ask specific questions. Uh, yeah, I would definitely agree. I think it's sometimes hard to identify um, what areas you want to ask feedback on, kind of jumping off of just Matt's answer to my previous question. Um, it's something that personally I find helpful is going into a debate, I want to be conscious of the few things that I want to try. So if I want to speak slower, if I want to um, have more impacting, for example, and then asking questions on those things. So having set goals for myself and then using that as a point of reflection. Um, or if you notice that there was specific feedback that you did get, that they said you did something um, well, but could have done this area much better, then asking about that in the future and setting that as a goal for yourself. I think feedback should always be a very um, active process for you as well as a debater and as a student. So you wanna make sure you're not just like on the receiving end and expecting the judge to do all the work for you. Um, one question I did have is, what do you do if you feel like the feedback that you're receiving is really bad or really unhelpful? And it does yeah. that exist? <laughs> <laughs> yeah. Um, so this is a difficult spot. Um, so I, I'm glad you asked this question because I think it's important. In a lot of the tournaments that you're attending, there will be a lot of very excellent world schools judges and VP judges. Um, and in many cases, you'll know because they will seem very experienced or when they're delivering feedback, it's just incredibly clear or your coach will let you know, hey, this is a really good judge. In other cases, it might be less clear to you whether the judge is a good judge or not a very good judge. That said, I think that um, the paradigm or the, the mindset that we approach the debate from thinking, oh, this is a good judge or this is a bad judge is not super helpful in terms of trying to improve. The reason why is this, right? Most tournaments in the world, um, well, all tournaments in the world, I would argue, um, with the exception of very few, uh, will have judges that you disagree with um, or that you think are not super, super good. And the reason why is just because there aren't that, that many good judges in the world, right? So even if uh, tournaments ask a lot of good ones to come, some will be busy, some won't be available, some just can't come. And as a result, the point is that 
you're going to get judges that you disagree with or that you think aren't super, super high quality. However, the purpose of, um, or, or the goal in debate isn't just to make great arguments. It is certainly to make great arguments, but it is also to get judges to vote for those arguments, right? Debating is still at the core, a rhetorical activity. And so you need to convince people, even if you don't think that their, their methods of reasoning are very good. So what does this mean for you? I think what this means for you is that when you're receiving feedback from a judge that is clearly a little bit less experienced or that you don't think the reasoning of is very clear, they might say something like, oh, I didn't hear this argument or I didn't understand this argument or I thought that this argument was a little bit weird. Well, in a lot of cases, their feedback isn't something that you need to necessarily take on face, right? Um, if they say, for example, like, oh, um, you know, I don't think that you should have run this argument. It seems a little bit weird to me. Or if they say something like, hmm, this argument wasn't clear. In a lot of cases, that feedback doesn't say anything meaningful for you because what if the argument was a good argument? Or what if, um, you know, it really had potential and it really was there. They just didn't pick up on it. I think what that says for you is that you should process a little bit because ultimately you will want to get the votes of judges like this person. And so the question is, how can you better persuade this person while also doing good debating? I think that the answer is usually something like, you need greater clarity in explaining your arguments. You need to use less technical language. You need to be very clear on your impacts and your link chains. You need to provide very clear, very easy paths to victory or, or ways to vote for you in the reply speeches. So um, I definitely think that you should be approaching feedback actively, like Claire says, you should be trying to process it and think about what exactly it's saying and whether that makes sense based on the other feedback that you've received. But I think that every feed, every piece of feedback is an opportunity to think, okay, what could I have done to get this judge to like my speech more? Sometimes it isn't just listening to the feedback directly, but thinking about what that feedback implies about your speech. Yeah. I guess um, as a final note, sorry. Um, I do want to be very clear that I think that you should listen to all feedback. Um, I, I do think that there's a tendency, especially in students who are like very sort of confident in themselves, which is great um, to think, oh, well, I, did, I disagree with this judge's decision or this, this judge isn't making a whole lot of sense. I'm just going to stop listening. And I think that's exactly the wrong mindset, because if a judge doesn't vote for you or if what a judge is saying to you doesn't make sense, you better think about it so that it makes sense so that you can win that judge next time. Right. So. It doesn't matter whether you think a judge is excellent or terrible. Um, what matters is that that judge could have voted for you more clearly or didn't vote for you, and you want them to vote for you next time. So you should listen to every single piece of feedback. Nobody is too good for feedback. Mm -hmm. Yeah, totally. And also, if you just don't understand a certain piece of feedback that's given by your judge, you can always reference it with your partner, or you can reference it with other coaches, such as like Coach David, for example, in Dialogy. You're able to also ask other people for advice. Like many times, if I am uncertain about a piece of feedback that I'm given, I would ask my partners like what they thought of my speech, what they think I could improve to do better. And many of the times, the feedback that is given by your partners is actually the most constructive type of feedback because they know you the best. They know how you're like, they know your performance 
at that round in comparison to all the other performances that you have given because it's quite likely that sometimes you get nervous or you get flustered when you see emotion that you're not particularly strong in so don't be afraid to ask your partners for advice as well and i think that type of constructive feedback given by your peers can be also equally rewarding oh i have a question speaking of peers if you have feedback for one of your partners, like you feel like there was something that they could have done better in the round or like not even you had a qualm with them. You just felt like genuinely you had a good piece of feedback for them. Or if your partner asks you for feedback, what's a good way to approach giving feedback to your peers and your partners? Yeah, absolutely. Um, I think this is really important. And as Cherry says, it can be incredibly helpful as well. Often as a partner, you have really great insight into your partner's speeches. What I would say is that generally you should probably not offer feedback unless they ask for it. So before the tournament, I think it's always good to have a chat with your partners very quickly. Like, Hey, um, if you notice anything going on with my speeches and you'd like to give me like a quick piece of feedback, um, please do let me know and let me know if you would like me to do the same for you. Right. What that does is establishes as a baseline that you're your, your teammates should feel open to communicate with you about your speeches and what's going on. And it lets them know that they can express their preferences about it too. If they say that they don't want feedback, I think it's generally the best move to just not give them feedback. But if they say they're open to it, then you should think about the specific cases in which it might be most helpful. Um, so don't just be like pestering them with like five points of feedback every round. Again, that won't be helpful and that'll probably be more stressful than anything. Um, but if you notice one big thing that happens in multiple rounds, or if you notice there's like one sort of very easy fix that you think could really help the partner's speech, um, do consider sharing that with them respectfully, not from a position of I am better than you, or uh, like, how could you be missing this thing? Or like, you really need to do this. But hey, I noticed that um, you've been doing really well at this recently. Um, but one thing that I think could really help some of your speeches in just in terms of clarity is maybe in this way or um, doing your rebuttals like slightly more clearly because sometimes I feel like I'm not entirely getting it. But it should always just be respectful. And keep in mind, right, um, at a tournament, you're there to debate together. And so if you can help them, that's great. Um, but sometimes the communications between partners can cause more tension than they do help. Um, and so you definitely don't want to stress out your partner during the tournament. And in that case, it might be better to wait until after the tournament to have a chat with them. Um, so it really just depends on your comfort level and communicating um, really proactively and healthily with your partners. Yeah, I definitely agree. Asking your partners for feedback or giving feedback to your partners is very dependent on your pre-existing relationship with them. For example, if you're teaming up with a few new partners that you haven't really gone to competitions with, it might not be... Unless, unless they ask for feedback, it might not be the best stage for you to openly give them feedback just because you don't know how comfortable you guys are in terms of sharing your thoughts and opinions, especially if it's going to be a critique of someone's performance. So even though partner feedback can be extremely, extremely helpful when they know you very well, be very aware of your relationship with that person and how comfortable you guys are in terms of communication and just transparency between you guys. Feel free to just say, oh, it's okay. Like, I don't need feedback. And I don't think that's something bad. I think that it just means you kind of need 
a moment of self-reflection before you gain feedback from other people. And you don't have to be ashamed of not wanting feedback from your peers. I think that it's a really instinctual um, behavior, right? You don't want to be criticized by people that are equal to you and you don't want to feel inferior to your partners. It's not something that you should be ashamed of. And I think everyone has, everyone should respect each other's views of what they're comfortable with. I guess this raises a question of just team dynamics in general. And after a round of debate, what would you suggest are questions that you should ask yourselves as a team rather than as just individual speakers? So I think that uh, the time period after a debate can be kind of stressful for some people, um, especially, you know, the, the time when you've just stepped out of the debate and you haven't gotten the decision yet can be very stressful. Or if you end up losing the debate and you're just walking out of the room or in this case, leaving the Zoom room, kind of reflecting on the debate can be difficult. What I would say is, um, while it's always good to have a quick check-in and um, make sure that you're all kind of on the same page about how you feel, it's just as important to, you know, debating is a competitive activity. It's a stressful activity. It's an activity that um, can be upsetting at times and so the first priority should just be making sure that um, your teammates are feeling all right with having that discussion, right? So if they're um, if they feel like they didn't do well in a round, or if they feel like they were just really upset or stressed about the round in general, you definitely want to know that before jumping into, oh man, that that rebuttal in their third speech was so good, or like, I don't know if we won after the replies or something like that, because that discussion can also just add on to the stress that your teammate is facing and. Really, at that point, um, it's not as productive to be having that conversation if you are also, um, you know, sort of mentally distressing your teammates. So that's the first thing that I would say. Um, but say that, you know, you walk out of a round and all of you agree, it's, this is a good time to have a check-in and chat about the round. Um, what I would broadly say is, did this round go the way that we expected, right? So when we were prepping and thinking about what arguments might come up in this debate, um, did we anticipate the round sort of playing out in the way that it did? Um, if so, then uh, did we feel like we executed our strategy in the way that we wanted it to? Or did we feel like we needed to improve our strategy slightly? But if it didn't, and that's probably a more concerning question, um, what could we have done to anticipate that better? Right? What do we think went wrong in prep such that we didn't really know what was going to happen once we went into the debate? So. Um, I think that the the big things are just like sort of focusing on team-based strategy, right? How did we anticipate this round? How did we prep? How did we execute? Were we communicating well on the bench? Um, and again, here, I, I want to say like, it can be in some cases helpful to say for the purpose of helping one of your teammates, hey, I think that, you know, doing this thing might help you a little bit, but that should always be just to help your teammate rather than just saying, oh, they need to be better as a speaker. Focus instead on what can the team as a whole do and what can we all do to help each other? Because I, I find that that creates a more positive mindset when you're not accusing anyone, but instead saying, here's how we can work together in the future. Uh, to kind of build on that, do you think it? this isn't necessarily relevant to feedback specifically like from judges, but do you think it's a good thing to have those discussions? Like when you're waiting for the call, for example, with your teammates um, to generally talk about like, do we think we won? Um, and to do that, like, immediate reflection on, like, what could we have done better or what did we think we were winning and losing on? 
Is this something you would recommend people do while they're waiting for a call or just take some time to chill and think individually? So I think that, um, I think that there is no reason to actively try to think about whether you won or lost. Um, and I know a lot of people do it naturally, um, but it doesn't really help you to be thinking about it actively or talking about it during the round afterwards. So obviously if you need to decompress and you're just really like, guys, I don't know how to feel about that round. What did you think? And it'll make me feel better if I hear this. Sure. But don't focus too much on that. I do think though, that there's a kind of unique opportunity that you have, especially if you know that your judge is like a particularly good judge. And that opportunity is to say, well, we're now in a position where we've stepped out of the debate. We know what just happened. We know our own speeches. You now have the chance to reflect on them and form some of your own thoughts and see if the judge will agree with them, right? So what, one thing that I like to do after debates um, back in high school was to say, okay, here are the things that I think were strongest in my speeches. And here are the things that I think I could have worked on in order to make this round a little bit cleaner or make my performance a little bit better. And if I knew I had a particularly good judge, I would ask them specifically after the round, hey, um, these were my concerns about my speech. Um, would you say that you share these concerns or would you say that you have different concerns about my speech? And what that does for you is, A, directly it gives you the information that the judge thinks that this was not as strong or this is strong or something like that. So they'll share their concerns directly with you. But it also builds the skill um, of being able to identify the things in speeches that work and don't work from an outside perspective, right? One of the most helpful things that a speaker can have is sort of a sense of what judges think. And so if you're calibrating based on what judges say um, and doing that practice after each round, then you can get a whole lot better at anticipating what judges will think, which is ultimately how you win debates. So far, all of your advice has been extremely helpful for not just like dialogy kids, but for us as well. Um, I think that's kind of the main point on like our experience generally in giving and receiving feedback. So those were the areas that we felt the dialogy kids might also want um, advice on or kind of need some directing on. Um, yeah, so we can do some kind of like general recon of what we learned today. Uh, <laughs> um, I think my key takeaways from this discussion were that like, I guess things that I believed already, but I kind of know now or have synthesized more with Mr. Matt's knowledge <laughs> um, would be, <laughs> he looks so pained, um, would be to be active within the process of receiving feedback and to be considerate of giving feedback to other people. Cherry, what would your main takeaways be? Um, my key takeaway is to be proactive with your judge to not be afraid and confirm things or your thoughts about your speeches and to also know how to isolate the type of feedback that you give in order to utilize and optimize the level of improvement you're able to gain for every single competition you go to. Matt, what was your key takeaway? <laughs> Whenever y'all call me Mr. Matt, I feel like incredibly old. Um, <laughs> it's very funny. Um, Mr. Song. What do you think? <laughs> um, I feel like a, like a teacher now, like a high school teacher. Um, anyway, so I think that the big um, thing to take away from this is that feedback is like any other type of learning. And in any other school, if a teacher just threw a textbook at you and said, 
read the textbook and we'll talk about it next class or like read the textbook and we're taking a test next class, you would think they're crazy. And the point of that is that feedback does not need to be long. Um, giving too much feedback is far too much. So the people that um, stress about, oh, you know, do I get enough feedback from class? Do I get enough feedback from competitions? Um, do I have enough pieces of feedback to put together? Or I think missing the point. Um, because if it's too long, you're not going to absorb it all. But the other thing that you should take away from this kind of comparison is feedback needs to be something that you're personally engaged in. Um, like what uh, Claire said just now, if you're not active, if you're not learning the lesson, a teacher can put a textbook in front of you, but you will not learn anything from the textbook unless you read the textbook, create practice problems, do those practice problems, revise for the test, etc. And so when you're getting feedback, focus on the few things that you can do, focus on your goals and think about how it can be applied. Because having 10 pieces of feedback that you don't use is much, much worse than having two pieces of feedback that you do. Great. Thank you so much for all of your advice. Thank you for your time. I know there's a time difference in the U.S. So yeah, we just talked about how to approach feedback. Woo! Yay. <laughs>